This is In the Trenches, Broadcast 27. Welcome to In the Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile, build something bold, and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morcus. Hey everyone, Tom Morcus here, and welcome to another episode of In the Trenches. Today's guest is Dan Schabel. Dan Schabel is the managing partner of Millennial Branding, a Gen Y research and consulting firm. He is the New York Times and Wall Street Journal best-selling author of Promote Yourself, The New Rules for Career Success, and the number one international bestseller book, Me 2.0, Four Steps to Building Your Future. Dan, wow, that's that's like a an abridged version of everything that you've done, like in a very short, you know, short blip. That's you've done quite a bit more, but I just want to say thank you first and foremost for coming on the show and sharing your journey with us and talking to us today. No problem, it's a pleasure. Yeah, Dan. So why don't you take it away and let us know a little bit more about yourself and kind of what led you to all this incredible bestseller stuff, all, all the things you've done right now in your new book that you're that you're releasing right now. Yeah, it's been a very, very long road. Um, and a lot of people are like, oh, your life must be easy now. No, of course it's not, because I feel like the more ambition you have, the harder you work, there are going to be bigger obstacles. So even if you're pretty successful, it's, still, it's going to get harder, not easier, uh, which is the opposite of what people would think. So I started working when I was 13. My dad, uh, thanks to my dad, my dad was like, yeah, we, you got to start working. And so my first job was uh, I did catering for my temple. And that was really hard. That's where I learned about customer service. I learned about how to kind of deal with people and manage relationships. And then, you know, then I became a camp counselor, you know, several years later. And then eventually I had my first internship my senior year of high school. Uh, but during high school and a little bit of middle school, I would develop websites. So I had like, you know, James Bond, you know, website, you know, maybe I, I might have had a Power Rangers website. I definitely had a uh, WW, WCW website because my friends had a WW. F back then, now it's WWE, of course, and so we were competing. So I went through all of that, um, and, I, and for my first internship, I had to make cold calls. So this is really when I learned to hustle, right? And I was terrible at it. It was I made over a thousand cold calls, probably more, during one summer, and didn't get one sale. So right then and there, I'm like, wow, like this is probably not the best thing in the world, right? And we look back, I look back now, and I'm like, yeah, it's cold calling is really hard. Uh, you know, it's all about relationships. It's all about, you know, inbound marketing, creating content so people can find you. You build a reputation, and then, and then when you message them, the probability of them opening the email is that much greater. Um, so then, it, then I went on this voyage during college where, you know, it, t- it was, I didn't get into college right away. It was, uh, I applied early decision to go to Bentley, now university. And I didn't get in, so I was kind of crushed. And I was like, wow, I, this is like a big, huge wake-up moment. You know, I need to start marketing myself. And so I did an interview on campus. I wrote them a letter. I um, 
you know, created my own website. I, I got straight A's my last semester. I was like, I, I started to like package myself as somebody who really wanted to go to that school and it was my first choice by far. And then I finally got in and then I worked really hard. Then it was seven more internships before I graduated. It was my own small business doing website design and development for other small businesses in the area. It was, um, you know, I was a leader in seven organizations. Basically, I was, it was insanity. Uh, I worked so hard during college because I knew that it was going to be hard to get a job when I graduated, even back in 2006. Now it's, of course, harder, but I knew it was going to be tough. So I made sure that I was the best possible candidate, you know, imaginable. Uh, and during this time is when I learned a lot about branding and marketing. So I wouldn't just show up to an interview and answer questions. It was more about uh, packaging myself through marketing materials. I call this, this is back in the Me 2.0 days, the uh, create creation phase of personal branding, right? So marketing yourself by having collateral. I had sort of a CD portfolio of work back then, you know, back when CDs were popular. Um, I had a business card back when no students had business cards that most still don't. A website under my own name. Um, a references document with testimonials from what other people, you know, all the people I've interned with, what they said about me. So I really was like building and gunning for these positions. And it worked. I mean, I got role, I worked at Reebok, Lycos, Lojack, Tech Target, and then smaller companies never, you've never heard of before. Um, and then when I tried to get a job, you know, I was never really good at networking back then because it was, it was, I always felt selfish. I always felt like, you know, this is what I need. Uh, less about the other person, more about just giving me a job. So I resisted because it just felt uncomfortable, and I'm an introvert, so it's even harder. And so, uh, you know, it took me eight months, but I started early to get a job when I graduated because I really want to work at this company, EMC Corporation. And so during my interview process, it was for three different roles. I met 50, 50, uh, 15 different people, got rejected for two of the roles. I finally got the last role as a product marketer because – they were looking through my resume, and again, I had a two-page resume back then, and and the, their eyes stopped at Reebok. Now, I did almost no work at Reebok, to be honest. I was, it was marketing intern at Reebok means administrative role, basically unpaid administrative role. That's really what it is. And but all the smaller companies, I got so much experience with. Their eyes, when they were they were reviewing my resume, always looked at Reebok. Why? Because Reebok's a brand, and through that brand, by association, it built my brand. So when you look at my uh, bio that I've created, that takes all of that into account. So every sentence will have a brand you've recognized in my bio, because my thought is, if you don't know who I am, you're going to know who one of these brands are, and through the, that brand association, you're going to at least give me a chance. Um, and so that, that has always carried through. That's kind of how I've learned about, you know, self-marketing and, and selling yourself um, through that whole process and the importance of branding. And then once, once I got a job at EMC, later that year, I started a blog called Driven to Succeed. And that was on Blogspot back in the day or Blogger. I don't even remember what it was called back then. And that eventually turned into Personal Branding Blog, which was the foundation of my platform and in March, two, March 14, 2007. Uh, after I read an article by Tom Peters, The Brand Called You, which was the cover of Fast Company magazine in 1997, and that really is the reason why Fast Company is where it is today with, you know, 700,000 subscribers, et cetera, because that article made, made the whole magazine explode. Um, and after I read that article, immediately 
immediately I knew my potential for the rest of my life after reading that one article because I didn't see anyone else talking about personal branding for my generation. I was 23 years old at the time. And so I immediately jumped in. I, I knew it was going to be six. And I knew, I knew the importance for being able to stand out online and get jobs and, and use social networks for career success. I knew all of that was 100% guaranteed to be more important. No one was talking about it. I was 23. It was an easy position for me to take. Uh, and then, and then I just worked incredibly hard, you know, over a hundred hours a week, didn't really see friends for a few years. Um, you know, between blogging 10 to 12 times a week, started a magazine called personal branding magazine, started an online TV show called personal branding TV, started the personal brand awards, giving recognition to people who are already successful in the space, you know, started writing articles for, for other magazines, you know, crazy, crazy amounts of work. Um, and that all accumulated over time. You know, it took a few years to get a thousand blog readers and then that multiplied by 20, uh, the following year. Um, and so, you know, during the time I was kind of positioning myself, you know, if you Google personal branding and I'm all over the place, you know, I, I just naturally rank high, not because I'm trying to rank high, but, uh, I, you know, my goal is to rank high, but the process of getting there is just working really hard, developing content and writing for other sources and linking back and, and going through that whole process of PR, et cetera. And so, so then, you know, became authority. And I think a lot of the reason why I am today is because when people search for personal branding, they couldn't avoid me. That was my homepage is the Google search results. And so that was the only strategy I really had for my first few years, because I knew that would be, I, that would be important because the interest in the topic was growing and I was, I was kind of growing with it in that respect. Um, and then the most interesting thing ever happened to me. So after six months of doing all this fast company profiled me, which was 10 years to the day Tom Peters article came out, which is a cool coincidence. And EMC had no idea what I was doing outside of work, but the article t told them that I was doing all this stuff with personal branding outside of work. And so uh, PR got wind of it, sent it to a vice president, and they hired me to be the first social media person in EMC's history, you know, working with 45,000 people. So that was transformational. I went from going into the office, kind of taking orders, you know, what do I do today, to being the subject matter expert for the whole company. And, they, you know, EMC at this point had acquired 22 companies. So it's, you know, it's pretty complicated, but everyone was – was, you know, looking to me to be a subject matter expert. And in the book, you know, I did a study with American Express, and we found that 65% of managers were looking to hire subject matter experts. Like, that's what corporations want. They don't want generalists anymore. And so that positioned me perfectly uh, into that new role. And because I was almost, I was able to create my own position, basically Tom Peters says in his article, he says, the most savvy, the most savvy employees are able to formulate their own unique position that never existed in the company before. And that's what I was able to do. So I was like, wow, I actually proved that this all works. And then that was the idea for Me 2.0, um, which was basically, you know, the first book on using social networks to build your brand, but also helping college students get their first job. I mean, that's the core of this book. So interviewing and, and building, you know, your resume, your personal branding toolkit, as I used to call it. And, and then, you know, that book came out and I, I did all the marketing for it, launched the entire campaign by myself because uh, one of my mentors, David Merriman Scott, was like, the publisher's not going to do anything for you. You have to do this by yourself. And so I really hustled, um, made the book a success eventually in 2010. Uh, oh, getting that book deal, rejected by 70 agents and two publishers, got the book deal on my own, uh, eventually made the book a success. 
you know, got hired by big companies, uh, you know, quit EMC. They became a client too, formulated my company, Millennial Branding, um, you know, a lot of personal branding consulting and coaching for executives, authors, entrepreneurs, et cetera. And then, and then I kind of switched business models because that's not kind of the business I want to be in, recognizing that the bigger story I could tell was on millennials in my age group because I was in the older area, of, the older segment of millennials, one of the older ones. So I could be an advisor to companies, but also a kind of a coach and supporter of my generation who was struggling. So I kind of changed my positioning, but still leveraged personal branding in the book to create a, a, a stronger narrative. So now, so now it's, you know, about millennials. And the first book was written for millennials. Promote Yourself is the second book written for millennials, taking them from first job to management role. So every book takes them to another position, you know, in their career path. Um, so growing with my generation as they grow. So every few years, they get to another point. Soon they'll, you know, right now 12.5% of managers, soon they'll be 30%. Then I'll have another book comes out. Here's a leadership book, Millennials. So that's kind of my long-term vision and strategy around that. And then kind of building relationships and contacts and media and everything around that and growing and growing and growing and seeing what's possible. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I started. It's grown from zero. I built everything from nothing, zero subscribers. Um, that's why I have a, a good appreciation for other people and what they do because literally started from nothing and hustled so much that, you know, I didn't have friends for two years. Um, and it's still, I didn't just quit my job randomly. It was three and a half years before I could quit my job. I didn't, I mean, it was not easy. Sacrifice nights and weekends. Um, but it's a testament. It can happen. I just think that every year it gets a little bit more challenging to make it happen because there's fewer people in the media. Um, there's more competition. And so thus, in order to kind of build your brand, it requires more effort and it's always going to be more effort. Um, but it's more possible because now that anyone can do it, um, there's a lot of competition, but there's also a lot of people you can build relationships to kind of maximize your potential. That's wow. the long answer. Yeah. So where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I do have some questions. Um, and I think I want to start with, well, there's a, a, probably a dozen things I could talk to you about that I'm really curious about. I'm going to start where, where the first light bulb for me went off. And it was when you were describing that you got your first job and you said you spent, what, two to three years before you essentially got recognized for it, doing those nights and weekends. Tell me a little bit about that process. Like, what, what in, like, I, yeah, you kind of described that you saw an opportunity, but what would possess somebody to put so much time and so much effort into something that's unproven and that's kind of a long shot like you did? Tell me about what was in your mind at the time. It was 5,000% confidence. It was, I was basically riding on the idea that there's no chance. I, in my head, it was, there was no chance that this was not going to be more important year over year. And I mean, you see how LinkedIn describes itself as basically a personal branding online platform. Like, here's how you build your personal brand. Um, and that, to me, gives credit to a lot of the work that I put in. Um, you know, I just, I just believed in it so much that even though a lot of my friends and even my parents, like, they, no one understood what I did. Some people laughed at me. It didn't matter because I had such a level of confidence that it was going to work out that, it, that even if it didn't work out, I would mentally think it worked out in a sense. Um, I like that. <laughs> you know, I think that's the only way to do it. I think that's the only way to do it because in order to really motivate yourself, and I felt I was like the right person, right? 
I like truly believed that I was in position to make this happen because it had been, I had already been kind of practicing it in college and even some high school. And so I kind of knew, I kind of knew that I, I had something there. Um, but it wasn't until I read Tom Peter's article when it was like, this is so, it became so obvious to me that, that I started that night and I just, I just worked incredible to do, to do that much in one week. I mean, I, you know, I don't even, I can't even do that much writing anymore because it literally burns you out to do that much. Um, but if you do it, I mean, that's, that's what it takes. I mean, I, you know, for this book launch, for the promote yourself book launch, it was insanity. I mean, I almost didn't get my second book deal after the, the first one was a success. It took me three and a half years. I hired four consultants. I fired two agents. And it was three book proposals. Barely got it. Started off as paperback. Did the entire marketing plan. 35-page marketing plan. Um, insane amounts of effort. And they upgraded to a hardcover. Um, you know, I sold thousands and thousands of copies my first week. And then it became a bestseller right before I turned 30. Um, and then my launch party was sponsored by Ernst & Young in New York. So I was doing things that a lot of authors probably haven't done or couldn't do or whatnot, but only because I worked so hard. To get American Express to sponsor that study for the book, I got rejected by 69 other people. This, I have a study coming out September 2nd. Um, I got rejected 149 times out of 150. And that's after having 10 case studies that proves that if you work with me, you're basically guaranteed to get at least 25 national media outlets to cover you. So for me, I'm not, I don't feel entitled. I don't feel cocky or anything because I know that whatever I really want to do, I'm going to have to fight for. Like I pitched over 100 companies to sponsor a book tour and zero did it. So I'm going to build and build and build and go back to all of them and say, here, I have a bigger platform. Now let's rock. Um, I think people don't understand that if things don't get easier or, you know, because I'm on these lists or the books are successful or all this stuff has happened that, you know, I'm taking vacations now and life is great. No, you like, it's not easy. It gets harder because you, you know what you, you're capable of. So you put more effort and you want to get to the next level. And each level is, commands so much more energy and thought uh, than the previous levels. Like if I'm not coming up with new ideas, um, it's over. The game is over if I can't come up with new ideas. So, so my whole business re- revolves around me coming up with new ideas, basically. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure you've been called. Uh, I'm sure you've never been called a hustler in your life, but uh, <laughs> you know, a, a guy that just hustles like crazy. That that sounds like you know you are that to a T. And was that something that you developed, or was that something that kind of came naturally to you that you see this? Because I, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't. I don't see many people go after things that intensely, um, almost ever, until until me, especially like so young. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, I think, I think, uh, you know, I saw how hard my grandfather worked, and my uncle worked, and my dad worked, and you know, I just became very motivated. And my work ethic has been my competitive advantage. I mean, there's no doubt. I don't think I'm smarter than anyone. Maybe I have a certain level of creativity and thought that helps me out a lot. Um, yeah, I think, you know, growing up using the web, creating websites, that saved me a lot of money and time and has, has really helped me. Um, but at the end of the day, it's competing on work ethic. I mean, my work ethic is, is significant. Like, you know, literally I'm launching a campaign, um, you know, this week and next week. 
to promote the book and the study and everything that I'm doing that I've spent like 10 months on. And, you know, I'm willing to put the effort in. I mean, it really comes down to that. I mean, and the only reason why I'm willing to put the effort in is and the only reason why I could get rejected 149 times out of 150 and keep going is because I really believe in what I'm doing. It's the only way it's possible. Otherwise, you want to kill it. I mean, literally three and a half years with that much rejection from that many publishers would make someone kill themselves. Um, but I knew I knew it was going to work. I knew it was going to work. Um, and now, you know, maybe maybe getting the third book will, deal will be easier. But I don't know. I don't know. Because I thought the well, second book deal was going to be easier. So it's, it's yeah. very unpredictable with, you know, how things are going to turn out, how long it's going to take, what the timing is, how successful certain things are. Um, there's, there's definitely a piece of luck there, but I think the luck is driven by work ethic and, and strategic positioning. Yeah. So now you just, just so I have clarification, I, I think I have this right. Your first book was, was it promote yourself or was it me 2.0? I think it was promote yourself, right? Me 2.0. The oh. new, this one's promote yourself. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and I know you're doing that, but that, but this is, is, is this your new book or is this a relaunch of that you've already written? This is the expanded paperback with a new chapter. Yeah. So now, so just for clarity's sake then, so me 2.0, I'm, I'm looking at it right now on Amazon. Um, it's, it's, and, and this is something I, I, I talked to you a little bit earlier about. You've got some, uh, you know, quite impressive people to give you testimonials and to write and to write reviews and write testimonials for you. Um, Dan Pink, um, who else? And, and then I'm also looking at your your promote yourself, which has I think it has Seth Godin. Let's see, it has Seth Godin here. It has Gretchen Rubin. It has Stephen Covey. It has Jack Canfield, uh, Dave Ramsey. I I mean I could keep going, but you get the point. Um, anybody listening, you have so many people giving you testimonials in this thing. Tell me about that. How did you do that? Like, how did you get these people to like pay attention to you and 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 check out your book and give give you know give an honest you know give a testimonial on your behalf? I think there's two things you need to do in order to connect with successful people. I've interviewed I've interviewed at least three thirteen hundred people since two thousand seven. Um, so ranges from Arnold Schwarzenegger to you know, Jessica Alba to, you know, John Kerry and whatnot. And the reason I'm able to do it is because when I first started, I interviewed people who were not successful. And then I built and built and built and built, uh, you know, writing for Time and Forbes and some of the main media outlets. I'm able to do that because I used to not write for main big media outlets and I built and built and built and built. So everything is a process. Um, for, for networking, you have to basically already be successful for someone to invest in you. So, the main theme that I tell people when I speak is invest in yourself first before you expect other people to invest in you. Um, you know, there's so many examples of this. If you're not, don't already have a successful platform, you're not getting a book deal. You know, if you don't, if you can't already attract, you know, 400 people to hear you sing, you know, you know, no record company is going to support you. You already have to be successful. It works the same thing with networking with successful people. If you're not already perceived to be at least somewhat successful, no one's going to care about you. You have to do the work for yourself first. And so I built up and built up and built up. And so when I needed help, you know, not only did I support all of their books and their platforms, you know, at one time or another, but they, they saw me as somebody who they could endorse because I was already successful. 
Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense to me. I think there's like so many good lessons well, from everything you've said so far as well, but but also from from this in particular, it's it's that concept of um, you, you have to be something yourself for other people to support you. And, and so, how does that how does that relate to promote yourself and and your your book that's coming out and this new edition and 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 how does that relate to the message that's in this book and why people should read it? Yeah, yeah, the message is that you know don't rely on don't leave your career to chance. Promote yourself. That's the main like theme here is is that don't think things are just going to happen. You have to proactively make them happen in your career. Uh, you know, soft skills are really important. So you got to network, you got to meet people, you got to go to events, you got to join associations. Uh, you know, becoming a subject matter expert is really important. So you got to figure out a skill that's really important to the company and that's one of your strengths and focus on it and master it. Um, you know, another thing is you have to be more entrepreneurial at work if you want to be successful. So having that entrepreneurial mindset, seeing opportunities where other people don't, taking advantage of, uh, you know, new technologies that your company is not taking advantage of or, you, or using, and seeing issues with the company, seeing where you could, you know, add value. That's, that mentality is going to make you much more successful rather than just going to work and going through the motions and hoping that you might get a promotion next year. You have to proactively develop that. Um, you can't be a manager. You can't be, you know, be a manager at your company unless you're already doing what your manager is doing. So that's why you have to constantly make them look good, make them more successful, so they'll give you more of their work, so you can eventually kind of take their role if that's what you're looking to do. Um, yeah. And you have to you have to be a really good team player. So the, the the main outcome of what managers are looking for when promoting is they're looking for people who can prioritize work who are good team players and have a positive attitude. Having a positive attitude is really the biggest competitive advantage out of everything we're talking about. And it seems so like, you know, kind of, it doesn't seem important or it seems obvious. It just, it's not concrete, right? But if you have a positive attitude, it's one of the, it's the number one thing that recruiters are looking for when hiring um, college graduates, number one by far. And then it's the number three thing that employers or managers are looking for when promoting. So top three, like between, you know, when you graduate and when you're a manager, minimum. And it probably is even more important when you're trying to get like an executive level position. Um, and so to me, the only way you can have a positive attitude is to be in an environment, you know, a company culture that reflects like who you are and how you best work. To be with the people who uh, can offset your weaknesses and who will support you, and then um, to do the work that relates to your kind of your background, your strengths, and what you're all about. That's the, that's the only way you can truly have a positive attitude. Um, you know, if you have a negative attitude, if you're just trying to get a job to make money, you're in big trouble because other people want that job not just for the money, but because they really enjoy it, they want to work for that company, et cetera. Um, so you can't, you're just not going to last. And so companies are now hiring for cultural fit over anything else. And if you aren't perceived as someone who fits in that culture, you really stand no chance. Yeah, I mean, it actually sounds like the title of the book is slightly misleading to to a degree because promotion is just one piece of it. What What I'm really hearing here is it takes effort, it takes I'd say effort is the biggest thing. Hustle um, is the word you've used as well, um, and it takes like this concerted effort to to improve things and then to to be a value added to your company or, or value add to whatever you want to do in life. 
to get to that point where you become, like you said, the expert. Exactly. Um, that that's your competitive advantage is your expertise as it relates to you know your strengths and what corporations are looking for, um, and your ability to build the support system or the relationships around it. Um, you know, I think a lot of people slack off once they get a job, and that, it's just you have to constantly build yourself, build the network, do that. And again, I learned that lesson in college. I know I didn't really network or leverage my network, and now I'm able to leverage it at. I come up with an idea. I can basically do anything at this point, just because I focus. I, networking has been more important to me than making money in the past, you know, seven plus years. And because of that, I have a lot of people who I can reach out to, um, and that makes me able to make more money in a sense. You know, so yeah. it's always my thought. With my thought was, you know, brand and network first above everything else. You know, because that's going to pay off in the long term. That's the long term play is is doing that. Um, building that type of reputation. And I was right, right? So, you know, so I, I do really well now, but it's, I only do really well because it's the accumulation. Career is the key, accumulation of decisions you make on a daily basis. So if you make enough right decisions, you'll end up going where you want to go. And you need that, you really need that vision uh, of where you want to go because then you can make these better decisions on a daily basis. So I know where I'm going, at least for the next five to 10 years. And because of that, I can pick the right research projects. I can talk with the network with the right people. I can make the right moves now. Um, and, you know, I don't know exactly what, when things are going to pan out, but because I'm taking the steps on a daily basis, I believe it'll, uh, it'll work out. If I don't, yeah. right, if I don't know where I'm going, then I'm kind of just doing things, right? But I do mix in things that are not as related to long-term vision, but that I enjoy and could be good for networking, et cetera. So, like, I've interviewed so many people. Will that really help future books? I don't know if it will or not. It doesn't really matter to me. It's more about the network. Um, so not everything I do hits the vision. But I think of the other, I think of a lot of this stuff as, as being a hobby anyways. I mean, this is what I really want to do, right? This is kind of how, this, this major picture called, you know, life and career. This is how I fit into that kind of puzzle. And it feels very natural for me. It's not, you know, it's impossible for me to fake it. I mean, I've been doing it too long to fake it. You know, if you're faking something, you can't do it for, you know, a decade. It just doesn't work, you know, because it's not, yeah. it's not sustainable. Yeah. Well, you know, we're coming up on a half an hour. So if you if, if, if we have to wind this down, let me know. But otherwise, I, I have a couple more questions that I'd love to ask you. OK. And yeah. yeah. yeah a few more questions would be good. And then I got to get Great. the craziness. Sure. No, I understand that. You're a busy dude. I, I get that. Um, so I want to know a, a little bit about kind of creating that niche for yourself, which is what you did or not maybe creating the niche, but at least, well, you, you sort of did. You found you found something that you saw have potential future value, this concept of, of branding yourself. And it wasn't even something necessarily that you invented. So I think that's important for people to understand. You don't have to come and invent something, but you saw something and you, it didn't resonate with you. And you're like, wait a second, nobody's in this space. So tell me about that and why that's so important. Yeah. So you can't stand out saying you want to become a marketing expert because if you Google marketing expert, there's a million, it's going to, t- it would be such a long-term strategy to become a marketing, a true marketing expert and to rank high and whatnot. So it's all about taking a niche, right? So people were already talking about personal branding, but I wanted to take it to a brand new audience, an audience that really, really needed it, you know, millennials, right, struggling to get jobs, et cetera. So that's how I fit in. I was a personal branding expert for Gen Y. It's it's what I call a personal brand statement. What are you an expert in and what audience do you serve? 
Um, and if, if you do that, then that audience will find you. You're basically calling out to the audience, I'm for you. You know, you don't want to be all things to all people. You'll be nothing to no one, right? And so you really need some sort of focus area at first. And what a lot of people don't, a lot of people say to that is, oh, well, you're bottling yourself up. You're kind of, you know, you're avoiding too many people. How are you going to grow? All this stuff, which is nonsense. What ends up happening is you take a niche, you get visibility because you become the player in that niche through hard work. And then you basically tell the story, hey, like, this content is for millennials, but it helps everyone, right? So it's, I think my natural gift is the storytelling element, right, is the ideas and kind of figuring out how to position myself and make sense of moves that I make, right? I, didn't, I never had the long-term vision when I first started of, you know, I'm going to write a book for, that helps millennials at every phase of their career. But now, since I've done two, I'm like, wait a second, there are, there's a connection there. I can tell this story so it makes sense to other people and it's not random, um, so I think that's really important is choosing something where you can tell a good story. And I already had a story with personal branding because I did all the marketing and online marketing in high, high school and college. Um, so that was a natural fit. And I think people need to choose something that they can put the energy into. Right. So for personal branding, I mean, I've written over a thousand articles. It's, you know, it's, it's easy for me to write. Um, and because I wanted to learn as much as I could about it, I read a million articles. One of the big strategies I had when I started was if you wrote about personal branding on a blog, I would comment on it. So, like, literally anyone who talked about personal branding for, like, the first three, two, two years that I was doing this would get a comment from it. Um, and that kind of built community. That built a relationship with other people who care about the topic. That was one of my, one of my original strategies that is not really scalable anymore, sadly. Right. So how now that kind of segues into this this question, and then we can wrap up after this. But how then do you do you you know you discussed exactly how you you built relationships at least in a small way. Um, but tell me a little bit more about that. Let's discuss that, and then let's discuss how you do it now um, in terms of like how you you build relationships now, being as busy as you are, because it sounds like you've only gotten busier, um, and and how you sustain those relationships, and then how you kind of maximize, uh, that might be a bad way to put it, but the, the way you, you leverage these relationships. So I guess starting with how do you now, as busy as you are, create and, and maintain relationships and build, build that, you know, th- that kind of relationship with, with so many different people? Yeah, so the, the part of the strategy is targeting, right? So I'm, fifth, I'm not just randomly selecting people. It's people that I want to align my brand with, um, people that I think I can help, people who maybe can help me. Um, and it just takes time, right? So I'm having lunch with Dan Pink and Tom Rath, who are probably two of the top maybe five or ten business book authors of the past decade. But these are people who I've promoted, I've helped, I've kept in touch with. I sent articles that relate to what they're researching uh, for years and years and years. Marcus Buckingham, we had talked several times before he wrote the board, and it's a long process. Um, that's why So I had a, a phone call today, and they're like, oh, why don't you release a book every year? And I think that's extremely foolish unless you're tier one, unless you're like a Dan Pink or someone who almost doesn't need promotion or anything, right? Um, But if you're not at that level where once you come out with a book, it automatically sells 100,000 copies, then I think you can't release a book every year because releasing a book is all about doing everyone else's favors, and then when you need a favor, they help you out, or a percentage helps helps you out. So I, I need at least three years between books, 
uh, because if I have three years to read in books, that gives me enough time to support everyone else as their books come out. And that's the big strategy. That's my number one strategy for promoting books or anything, is helping out everyone else, giving it enough time, and then asking for help. And it's a, it's a constant process. And now, because I've done this for two books, the people I've reached out to, they kind of, you know, people just know that this is how it works, right? And the author community supports the author community because no, no publishers don't. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. Okay, cool. I actually really like that tip. So it sounds like uh, there's there's a little bit of uh, a weight there too. It's like two or three to one. So so offer support, offer support, offer support. Then then you can ask. Is that about right? I mean, I'm no, I'm sure there's no like scientific formula it's to not, it. It's not. I, I think it's you know you got to help out everyone else first, and then and then you know percentage will help you out. And that if you release a book every year, then every year I, I have to be like, hey, promote my book. It's just not going to work, and you'll lose relationships. Right. The whole thing will collapse on you. So it's much better to have a period so that it gives you enough time to do enough favors so that people will help you out. I, I love that advice, actually. I think that's really and, good. And and the, other and, thing, the other thing that I do is I'm really good at spotting people before they become really successful. I'm really good at like, it. Like, Susan like me. Kane. <laughs> Susan Cain is a great example, right? But right before she you know, is one of the biggest authors in the world now, uh, you know, I made sure I reached out to her. I just knew it. I, I just, Charles, Charles Doug, uh, the New York Times writer who wrote The Power of Habit, I got him before he exploded. So that's another secret is just have the instinct to know if someone's going to really blow up and then get to them before everyone else does. That's, and that's powerful because I'm sure they'll remember that forever. That's what you got to do. And it's, it's, you know, I look at Amazon, I do the research. I, I put, you got to put in the effort that other people won't, and that's the easiest way to stand out. Yep. Well, hey, Dan, that was uh, amazing. I know you're a busy dude. i got to let you get back to hustling. So where can people reach out to you? Where can they find your book, and how can they support you? Yeah, so if you want to Google Dan Schaubel, D-A-N-S-C-H-A-W-B-E-L, uh, you'll get a, like my website, danschaubel.com. Uh, Amazon, you can get the book uh, in paperback or hardcover now. And, and yeah, you can link with me on LinkedIn or Facebook. I'm on everything, of course, because I basically have to be at this point. Um, and, yeah, yeah, I really appreciate your time. This is very enjoyable, and best of luck with everything. Dan, thanks so much, man. Good luck to you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to In the Trenches. Your creative work doesn't stop here. Join the resistance, the small but growing army of entrepreneurs and artists putting a dent in the world at www.tommorkis.com. Never fight alone. Join the resistance.